It's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So stay tuned. Brilliant. This is me saying hello, good morning, and really saying good evening, because there you are in Melbourne. Indeed, Trish. Uh, thanks for having me. That's right. You know, I'm, I come from a generation where, you know, we, we did the whole moon landing thing, So, I, but I'm still, still amazed that I can be chatting to you um, on the other side of the world. But it's a real treat. Thank you. Um, my pleasure. Yeah. So I... I'm going to introduce you in a, well, it sounds a bit boring because you're not boring at all. So communication strategist and advisor specializing in content marketing and social media. Trevor is very well known as the PR warrior. That's the title of his blog, which is one of Australia's longest running and most popular marketing blogs. And of course, his podcast, um, and I did an interview for Trevor actually on his podcast, which was fabulous, Reputation Revolution. So, um, Trevor, this all sounds quite punchy, doesn't it, for this? <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. You know. <laughs> Pitchforks at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, we're very aligned in terms of this kind of, consistency authenticity and personal branding that isn't um spammy and cheesy <sighs> let's all just take a breath and think about that so just for my listeners real basic stuff when we talk about owned versus earned social media and when we talk about pr just yeah just chuck some all right, um, let's talk about that. Well, when we're looking at owned and earned media, and it's not just on social, so earned media is is when you've earned the right for someone to talk about you. So whether that is in a traditional PR sense, that would be uh, a local radio station rings you up for an interview, uh, a podcast. This is this is I'd call this earned media. Um, when you know if you if someone lists you as one of the the top ten whatever in your industry, um, you know if the local newspaper covers you, that's that's called earned media. Now the definition of earned media is extrapolated a little bit more. Now I like to say that you know if if people are sharing your content or they're hat tipping you online in social media, etc. I'd like to think that that you've earned the right for that to happen. So it's it's that implied third party endorsement that you've mm -hmm. earned. It's, there is no such thing as free publicity. Um, whether you've pitched it indirectly or people come to you for whatever reason, like a producer of the local radio station, then mm -hmm. you've still earned the right for that to take place. Um, Owned, the owned media side is those owned media channels that you you control um, the content um, and so obviously your email list so if you've got a, a newsletter that's going out a regular newsletter to a subscriber list um, via email you have your podcast 
um, your blog, your website, um, and even um, all your videos on YouTube. Now, you don't own, obviously, YouTube, but you own the content and you run that content, and then you can put that content back onto your blog or your mm. website. Social media kind of fits in between because, as we mentioned, it's kind of like earned for people to be um, spreading your stuff and sharing your content. Um, but um, it's also owned only in as much as you own the content and you control the content you put on it. But of course, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all of them, they can all change the rules at any given stage. You do not own um, mm. those platforms. You have no control over those platforms. And so that's why in our space, we like saying, have your own channel, your own, you know, your own blog, your own content hub. So it doesn't matter what happens to Facebook or they Facebook strangle mm. organic reach from, you know, 1% to 0.1%, um, that you're a little bit more insulated from that. So you're building on your own virtual yes. turf, not someone else's uh, rented land. I'm doing that in air quotes, which always works well in a podcast. <laughs> um, if we looked at, did you want sort of to extrapolate that into, into PR? Yeah. Because Oh, say that again? Uh, I'll, I can just extrapolate that out into public relations and PR yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what confuses, even people in our industry really get confused what PR is. So public relations is, what I'll tell you what it's not, it's not about getting your name in the press. That's one small mm -hmm. part of what it is. Um, but it's certainly by no means the only part. I would know PR consultants who 10 years ago, they probably did a lot more what we'd call media relations, um, but these days uh, might not even speak to a journalist. And so, you know, when people say get some free PR, not possible. PR doesn't stand for press release. Um, you can't PR something. Something's not PRable. Um, and it's not... Uh, about getting your name in the in the in the newspaper, it mm. might be a part of a bigger program, um, but you know you have people who are publicists, publicists, and that's their role. That's what they do. They mm. they get you coverage on you know for an event or a, a product or a service or whatever, and um, really good at what they do. And it's a really sometimes an often thankless task, and very much not the uh, the champagne and. Um, <laughs> balloons and giggles um, that uh, it's often purported to be uh, in, in as much. Um, thanks, ABVAB, for that, for uh, reinforcing that myth. <laughs> so, um, you know, so there's a lot of areas of, of PR, which I won't go into now, but it's it, it yeah. does cover uh, a lot of elements and it's not just marketing. So it's about the organisation itself. And I have a simple definition. Uh, how do you, um, you know, deepen the, well, it's about deepening the, the, the sense of connection that you have uh, with the people who matter most to the success of your business or cause or issue if you're a non-profit. So if you can develop and deepen the connection with people and build those relationships, it's public relations, um, then whatever that Whatever does that, that's yeah. that's kind of falls under a PR remit, and of course you can be very strategic about it. Yeah, the the R is really blinking important. <laughs> Relationships is is an important word because I mean, you, to me, it just having as you say one piece, even if it's a double page spread in a magazine um, with you posing there, whatever, it, it just that isn't a relationship builder. You you might be lucky and have some. You might then go and photograph the magazine a thousand times and put it all over Twitter and all the rest of it, but it, it, it still isn't relationship building. No, it can help 
build a connection with people, though, if they read it and they connect with the story or whatever it is that you're putting out there. The relationship part is, okay, if you look at who are the people that matter most to the success of our business. Now, you might say, well, part of that is we're not spending much in advertising, so we do have to get some editorial coverage. And again, editorial and media coverage today could be through third-party blogs, it could be on podcasts, it could be through YouTube um, that other people do. Um, but if you looked at um, that, you know, the journalist in your industry with the local, you know, the industry and someone who runs the, you know, uh, who's more the business editor, if that person's important, well, then the relationship is with them yeah. that will help you build a story and some editorial exposure over the longer term. So the relationship is actually with with the, the journalists and the editors yeah. in that respect. Of yeah. course, now we can go directly with people, but people don't have relationships with brands per se. They have relationships with the people behind the business, the behind the logo. Exactly. And if you take as a, as, as a case study the simple thing of um, me and you chatting for one of your reputation revolution episodes so if you if you reverse engineer that so the, the the link was originally because i i had gone out and made relationships with um communities locally um one one in particular which is as you know, mark masters you're the media and and that sort of general building relationship stuff going to the various events and uh, getting to know the people um in a very organic way led to us having a chat. You were interested in the topic that we wanted to talk about. Da, 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 da. There I am basically from my perspective, getting some PR because I'm on a well-respected um, podcast, but it started from relationship building. Yeah, it does. And, um, and, and how that manifests itself, whether it's online, offline, I've always said that social media is, or the power of online is actually offline in the, in the uh, connections you, you build um, and the relationships you, you build. Say that again, the power of... Well, the power, <laughs> the power of the power of online is, is, is really, you know, in op, the offline, it, it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's the power of online is really what you can do offline in terms of yes. the, the connections you make and the relationships you build. Now, yes. you might know it might take you five years to see that person offline, yeah. um, but eventually you probably will if you've yeah. built a, a good rapport over the journey. And some of my best friends are from the early Twitter days um, where you know, we'd connect with each other on Twitter and then we'd have what was called a tweet up um, mm -hmm. and therefore people would get together in a dark bar with their um, their Twitter handle as their badge. And then, you know, you probably don't recognise necessarily everyone from their avatar and even then their, their real name, but their, their Twitter handle, you yeah. know, I remember you. Oh, and then that turned that. And, and the thing is, it's like going to meeting number five. Um, yes. And so that's, that's the beautiful yes. thing I've found with the, the, and I'm a social media purist. So I, I like that. Um, that the purity of, of connecting with people and, yes. and building that rapport with them. Yes, I think that's absolutely fine. So, so if we think about um, you're putting all this various content out, maybe a blog, maybe you're tweeting every now and then, maybe, you're, um, maybe you've got a podcast, I don't know. But um, it's very easy, I would imagine, to fall into a few traps in terms of losing your 
personal voice, your authenticity. I, I, I just think, for, especially for people in the early stages of setting up their business, it's so, it's so confusing. You, you're listening to all this advice and, and somebody's telling you, oh, no, do it like this, don't do it like that. And somewhere along the line, you completely forget that you're trying to build a relationship as a human being and yep. what your business stands for. That's right. Well, there's a couple of things there. Um, when you say that sometimes you lose your voice, well, sometimes people don't find their voice for a little while, so mm -hmm. they actually haven't got their voice to lose. But I always talk about anything to do with social media content, all of this side of this area, um, and it is a big area with lots of moving parts. Mm -hmm. I often talk about um, the importance of a having a philosophy around it and adopting it. So some people like the quick hits and the, the hack, you know, hack this and hack this and, you know, and they love the tools and they get results from it and that's their yeah. thing. Others are at the other side of it saying, well, hang on, I'd rather build something organically over time. And there's everyone in between. So whatever your, but whatever your philosophy is as a business, if you say, listen, I'm not a big, I'm not big on, you know, ramming my message down people's throats and I'd rather do it more softly, softly. Well, then, if that's the case and you want to build trust first, um, and certainly if that's in alignment with the type of business that you run, where the people who come to you, they do because they trust you and because of your reputation. Well, therefore, you can't start doing the quick hit stuff. You've got to, you know, so you've got to, all these things have got to align, but you've got to understand what's your philosophy around that. Mm -hmm. If you believe... Um, you know, business you're running that that you know you want to be open and transparent and and be really you know um, giving and, and great great lots of knowledge for for your community. Well, then that needs to be reflective in the content that you produce. And there's no point saying you know well we're you know we're very open and and, and uh, we want to be trusted and we want to give out generously and all that, and then all of a sudden slam up, don't do any content, um, mm. don't take people behind the scenes, well, that's counter to what your philosophy is for business. So, in a way, contents and social media communications and, and you know, even media and media coverage and everything, everything in that space, marketing and communications, has to reflect who you are as a brand. Has to. Yeah. Otherwise, you, there's disconnect all over the place. And I think that's easier probably for a smaller business than it is for a bigger one. Um, but it's, it, it's the same whether you're a small organisation or a big one. That consistency uh, is, is critical. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so easy to break. It's so easy to break. I mean, I, everyone, everyone listening to this will know they will have they will have looked at they will have been following somebody somewhere and suddenly thought, Ugh. <laughs> that wasn't the person I thought I was following and it's very easy to just press that unfollow or whatever the equivalent button and and you will do it quite quickly because it's a very busy world out there and well it is and there's but we take sort of shortcuts in terms of our um you know our thinking mm. uh in t and 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 that's what why branding is so important a personal brand you know and, and it means a lot of things to a lot of people but ultimately it's it's what is what is the experience that people have come in contact with you or your business and how is that on the on the phone is it on twitter is it in person when they walk into your shop or your office or whatever 
Um, all of those touch points make up an experience and is that experience counter to the to the promise that people have got in their mind? So, um, you know, the big thing about branding is if you keep your promises and you do what you say you do in, in terms of business, yeah. then you're probably going to be pretty all right. But if you've you, – it's not about um, crafting some – persona that doesn't really exist it's about mm -hmm. okay this is if i want to be known as helpful for example mm -hmm. that's my personal brand or the brand of my business um then everything you do should be about being helpful mm -hmm. if you leave people you know hanging on the phone or you know they ask you a question on on twitter and you don't answer them or they're they're, they're sitting in your you know waiting room for for x amount of you know minutes yeah. a long time then there's a disconnect and yeah. oh, you purport to be helpful, but you're you're not really. And that's that's where I think that's where the the basics are. But the other thing is with with people, and we're talking that whole personal branding and social media. You know, there are people on social and and even in blogs and that side of things, and they're quite you know in your face and provocative and blah blah blah. And I can tell you, I've, I know a few of those. And then you go to meet them, and they're meek and mild, and they won't even talk to you. And <laughs> you know, if you are going to be controversial and in your face and that's that's absolutely fine if that's, that's who you are as a person put that out there but when yeah. you get up on stage or you're talking to someone you back yeah. that up a little bit you can't just disappear because <laughs> yeah, there's a disconnect yeah. which one are you you're the quiet one or you're the, the ranter on twitter man you you rant something chronic and here we are having a conversation you won't yeah. even open your mouth yeah no, i've seen that i've seen that a lot and uh, that's because i mean there's always a core, isn't it? I, always, I, I kind of part of something that I cover in the book I'm writing actually because it's kind of relevant to imposter syndrome is that it's a mistake to, to go down the illusory path of there's only one true self and it's fixed and it's a fixed identity. And oh God, I panic now because I think I wasn't quite being my true self. Because actually, of course, we can evolve, we grow um, and we tweak according to where we are you know, whether we're sitting on the sofa hanging out in our pyjamas at night or whether we're at some posh too, of course we, we do a little bit of crafting. But hmm. when, the minute you start feeling, ah, this isn't me, you've got to go back to the drawing board. Um, because yeah. it is, isn't there? There is this little tweaky thing that happens in your head that says, I mean, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done this journey, and it took me quite a long time to get the balance right between because mm. I, I thought I had to be terribly serious and grown up um, because I was now a business person as opposed to an actor. Um, and I thought, oh God, okay, grown up thing. And I lost a whole sort of chunk of me. And then bit by bit, thanks to communities like Mark Masters actually, I thought, okay, you can actually come out a little bit more to play here, Trisha. This is okay. This is allowed. And then the balance found itself. But that's a really, and I think people are often very yeah. scared about going on video, for instance, and social media, because they think, gee, this is it. I am exposed fully. Yeah, and, and listen, it's totally understandable. And I think, you know, historically, and this is probably more pre-social media and even the early days of social, but historically people think, well, in, if you're in business, you know, you've got to be straight and, you know, <laughs> they use jargon and all of that sort of stuff. But the problem is when you do that, no one listens to you anyway um, and you disappear. Whereas you see the even the business leaders who are, um, you know, there are some business leaders who are terrific on Twitter. Um, they've got a personality and that comes to the fore. 
and uh, we we like that. We we mm. gravitate as human beings. We gravitate towards yeah. and again and again and again. I like a guy called John Legere, uh, L E G E R E, who's the CEO of T Mobile in the in America, and you know a not insignificant sized company. And he's got over a million followers on Twitter, and he's just terrific. He's everywhere. He's in your face. He's got so much personality, but and, it comes through. And, and he wears magenta. He loves magenta. So you're going to see a lot of magenta. Brilliant. And if you met him, he would probably be that same person. I think I think he would be. I don't think. I don't, other than that, he's the factor of all time. No, I, I think what you see is what you get. And, you know, this is a guy that runs a, a massive Facebook live, actually, a Facebook live every Sunday called Slow Cooker Sunday. Oh, so where he does slow cooking tips and stuff. So uh, he, he's probably... A, the, the left, <laughs> he's at one side, at one end. But it's good to see that there are um, uh, senior leaders now. And um, Jacinda Ardern is the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Mm. And she's just terrific. Uh, she, she really just gets social media. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter where she is, she'll pull out the phone and just do a, a Facebook Live or a tweet live. I think it's more Facebook. And she just, it doesn't matter where she is, sometimes she's not even made up. No, she's she's yeah. um, just riffing on a topic that she thinks that will be of interest to people. And she has this amazing connection with the public, with her constituents. And that's what it's about. That is totally what it's about. It's definitely and, not. And when you see it, when you see it in action, you say, oh, of course. Well, I'm going to check her out. I mean, I, I'm going to have to confess I didn't know the name of the uh, New Zealand Prime Minister. <laughs> Seriously, she would be, i tell you what, one of the best, you know, in, in terms of communication and connection with constituents, she yeah. would be the, probably the best. You know, maybe Justin Trudeau is, is, is from Canada is in that vein, but um, she's right up there. She's probably number one. Seriously, oh she God. is. Um, she is terrific. Could you send her over here, please? <laughs> 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 we're, we're in trouble. Um, uh, but I think I think there's one thing that I, I always um, talk about with people in workshops and stuff is that when people are just trying to break in and become their own media channel and to you know to get out there a little bit more versus just sort of sitting in in shadows and working a little bit and I and I get it it's really hard it really it really can be for some people and and um, you know, I've had to learn to sort of live that life in public a little bit and but there's three parts of you there's the, um, the professional the personal and the private. And today, the professional and the personal are wrapped up. They are mm. interlinked. You can't break them free. Mm. And, and, and the private is the stuff that you do lock away. So only, only you personally can um, make that judgment call on how much you give. Mm. We've all seen some bloggers who are, and, and, and funnily enough, the, the, probably the best bloggers are the ones that really let it out um, because we love that radical transparency and, and um, but some people demonstrate and, um, and it's not for the faint-hearted. But, you know, they, they as we like to say in our space, uh, they open the kimono quite wide. Um, <laughs> and, and so, therefore, most of their private is pretty much out there. So, they're, they're choosing to hold a little bit of privacy, but not much. Uh, whereas others, they'll keep the kimono reasonably closed and, um, you know, they'll keep their private stuff locked down. Um, but this is my personal side. This, this is what I like and, yeah. you know, I live here and I do yeah. this and I, yeah. I enjoy making cakes as well as running a, yeah. you know, a thriving business, <laughs> uh, which has nothing to do with cakes. 
and uh, this is the professional me and the professional personal need to meld together I because you don't that. professional you don't lose yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. you don't you don't lose your um you know just because you go to go to work doesn't mean you should lose your personality and your personality is what separates you and if you're running a business and you've got five ten fifteen people there or whoever it doesn't matter your people um even if you've got products but often we're in the knowledge economy as well but your people are your assets mm. that's it and that's your key differentiator Mm. And so um, there's a great body of research that comes out every year called the Edelman Trust Barometer, um, and it is terrific, um, robust um, research that taking the pulse of people's trust in the institutions of, yeah. of business and um, yeah. even nonprofits, yeah. government, um, and that sort I mean, of thing. I mean, and media, thing. and it tells you that it tells you what yeah. we what, who we trust. Yeah, and the whole culture at the moment, I mean, certainly, yeah, worldwide, is that we don't trust very much at the moment um, in terms of the, the sort of um, stories. We won't go into politics, but there's a lot, there is a lot of problem with trust, but it's not just politics, it's, it's, it's just about everything. And, and at the it's core, across it, the, it's across yeah, the board. It, it's huge. And at the core, it seems to be this, well, it's such a big problem with the, is that fake? Is that real? Are they fake? Are they real? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't, um, but then of course, you know, the, oh, I'm going to be really real in inverted commas, that doesn't <laughs> work either. <laughs> oh, look, no, I know, I've got a strategy for being real. For being real. Yeah, I think the thing with, that I like about the Edelman Trust Barometer is that it, you know, when they look year on year, they look at who are, so who are the credible sources of information for a company mm. or an organisation and, and pretty much without, you know, most years, pretty much Every year it's been right up there is your internal company experts or your experts, the experts mm. within your business, and, um, and often a third-party expert like an academic. But if we look at the – we trust our internal experts um, rather than the CEO, that says two things. One is we need to get the CEO out there and almost – be more over-transparent than ever before and be open and, and, and really do a number on that and we'll fix that. Uh, the other opportunity is to get your experts out there a lot more. So, you know, again, if you're running an accountancy firm or a law firm and you've got a couple of different experts in there, why aren't they out on social? Why aren't they out doing things? And so that's that to me is there's, there's the opportunity. Here's the research, here are the insights. So here is the opportunity that as business people that we can take advantage of them in a good way yeah no that's brilliant and the other thing of course is remember that you can't in just as in ordinary life um you know we 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 can't you can't please everyone you can't please everyone yeah it's 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 an interesting one i i think it goes back to my old blogging day so i've been blogging since those 2007 so um i've sort of watched the journey of blogs but it, it was mm. more of a, a quite a pure thing in the early days mm. um and, you know, now it's um, bloggings, you know, I still think there's a purity to it, uh, but it still doesn't, it still amazes me that we can, I can sit here in my lounge room and tap, tap, tap and have a, an online magazine, you know, within an hour. Mm. Well, it might take me an hour to write an article, but I could set up the, the online yeah. magazine in, in, yeah. in a matter of minutes and that still blows me away and it's a great opportunity for people. Um, and, of course, you could have your own radio station, which is called a podcast, and your own TV station, okay. which is called uh, YouTube. But, you know, to be able to um, – one of the early sayings of podcast uh, – sorry, of blogging that stayed with me for a very long time is that uh, 
when you go to press the button, I've always said that it's nothing more sobering than pressing a button, publish button mm-hmm. on your blog. Um, and do you really believe in what you're writing? Mm-hmm. You know, is it really, you know, it's something that you believe in and you'll, you'll fight for the ideas and the insights in. And uh, and some people go a bit further and they say, well, unless you're almost trembling uh, mm. and feeling sick in the gut before you press the publish button, you haven't gone hard enough. Mm. And I understand what they mean. Um, I don't necessarily agree with doing that all because it shouldn't make you anxious to publish no. your content. But what they're basically that truism there is that, you know, the harder you push, the more irky you feel in the gut. Um, probably the better the content's going to be and the more it's going to resonate uh, because what you just said, you can't please everyone. So, you know, if you're going to take a stance on a particular issue or a point um, in your business, your community or whatever, and this is, could be quite controversial, mm. not for controversy's, controversy's mm, sake, yeah, yeah, just yeah. because you have a point of view, um, that that will feel a bit funny. And I was speaking to someone just um, a couple of months ago who who had a, uh, a good article in uh, one of our sort of top online business publications and she said, oh, you know, I feel sick. I feel sick yeah, for two hours before it went live. She said, I'm sick. I feel sick. I said, it's probably a really good piece. And she said, I think so, but I feel sick. I said, well, okay, let's see how it goes. But oh, um, I'm going to work on feeling more sick. <laughs> but it's not something I think that I, I, I don't necessarily suggest it, but I do suggest that. You know, when you're pressing publish that you do think about it, you are saying, okay, I really do believe in this. Mm. It's the same as your podcast or, or a video or, or it, you know, not as much a tweet, but I suppose you could, you know, that here, there and gone, whereas everything else is a little bit more, uh, sticks around for a little bit longer. But I think that, you know, when you're starting to craft your voice mm. and you will get to a point if you're pushing it a little bit harder, Mm. If that's the space you're in, whatever that is, then you will get to a point where, oh, I don't know whether I should be doing this. Mm. That's when you're probably doing something yeah. really good. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I, and it, and it, is a, it is to say a bit of bravery and part of your brain has to say, oh, God, <laughs> I'll just go out and, I don't know, go mop some floors next month to earn a few bob if, if I lose a couple of clients along the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I know, I'm not suggesting everybody completely demolishes their business by being, as you say, deliberate. No, not at all. Not at all. And it, yeah, I, I mean, I know a couple and I've had clients who are very much getting out there. They've got a point of view. And I think you start small. I wrote a, an article once. And there is relevance on this point, but it was um, what people can learn about blogging from me shaving my head. And <laughs> you laugh, <laughs> but there is a point to this. <laughs> um, people might not know, I shave my head right down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it, listeners, and that is one shaved head, yes. And, and where I come from on, on this, this piece was that, you know, I used to have quite long hair and then it got thinner and thinner and then you'd start off clipper number five, number four, number three, you'd just keep going down. But you'd never, you know, you'd never go straight to the, you know, mm. I could never go straight to number one. You'd, you'd, you'd just gradually go go down the sizes of the clippers and uh, 
And uh, until your point where you know, you've got no no clipper blade and you're just going straight to the skin, and then then the last bastion is you know the full blade. But that's the way it is with blogging. When you start yeah. blogging or you start doing something on podcasting yeah. or whatever, whatever, yeah. you're at clipper number five. Yeah. And oh, you do a few, and then you're at clipper number four and three and two, and towards the end, you're shaving the head with a razor blade, you know, and you're coming out completely, love that. completely I bald. And, um, love that and yeah, <laughs> it's, a big, it's a bit of a jump, but actually, it it, it is true because I've been I've been through it on both sides, on blogging and shaving. So, weird yeah, as it sounds. And, and, um, I, and I, I'm married to a man who has the clipper thing, and uh, he's he's getting pretty close to your your your, your moment. See, it's taking time. I I've never known anyone who just goes straight to the blade. <laughs> not like me. He's a wonderful <laughs> um, presence in my life. Um, the worst thing is when the battery runs out halfway through, and then you've just got some of it done. And, and <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole other matter, really. So I want you to. Um, so I've already mentioned you. Or obviously, I've got all the links uh, with this podcast. So the Digital Citizen, Digital Citizen is your website. Mm-hmm. Um, PR Warrior blog. Reputation Revolution, um, which is not done in an American accent, so I don't know why I did that. Um, is the no, I don't know. <laughs> um, and can you just uh, give us a mention on this book, excitingly, that is coming out later this yeah, year? Yeah, well, it depends on when this comes out, but, you know, it'll be out soon from when we uh, won't give an exact date just in case I, I miss the date, but um, it, it will be out from this point uh, in about six weeks' time, and it's called Content Marketing for PR. So it's looking at the, uh, the at content or content marketing through a PR lens. And the reason I've done this is because I think a lot of the content um, marketing side of things has been probably hijacked a bit by inbound marketers and sales funnels and all of that. And that's fine. Again, what's your philosophy? And some people's philosophy isn't around that. Sometimes they're, you know, they're, um, the way they do go around their business isn't through a sales funnel. Um, they do it in different ways, word of mouth or whatever. And, and, you know, I don't think that every business is... Every business is unique and got its own goals and whatever. So I sort of wrote this as a bit of a, um, not knocking the inbound marketing side, but just giving a different view. And also it's not just about business because you might have community groups, you might be a politician, you might, you know, be a government agency. Everyone's got a different different definition of a commercial outcome. It's not just about um, a, a sale per se. Um, and we also look at advocacy and influences as well because sometimes we're, we're trying to always reach the, the consumer, the consumer, the consumer, but what about the people who influence them? And so PR opens yes. everything up. So it, it by de facto has become a PR book because when you say content marketing for PR, you have to then say what PR is, what PR isn't, and what content is and what content isn't and how they all mesh together. So it's a bit conceptual from that point of view and it gets really practical and then it's got a lot of case study stuff, So, um, um, which may or may not, it will, um, include one Mr. Mark Masters in it. So um, that's uh, that's all good. So it's... um, Okay, yeah, so it's been a little little September, bit in the making. September, sorry, September ish. We'll look at. Oh yeah, I hope. So. Jeez, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely brilliant. And um, this actually, there's just it's funny because recently, in fact, recently, I mean, like yesterday, um, I was having a whole. I got into a real weird state of mind about 
was I giving too much away for free? Um, which is a which is a question that I know a lot of my listeners will ask, especially when they sort of set up and they're keen to show their credibility, be of value, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and you know, if they're creative people like I am, you can get a little bit carried away with the whole free resources. So, um, but interestingly, you give a huge amount away. You know, with your with your podcast and your amazing blog um i'm not saying you're giving the book away obviously people will pay for it but um but but actually i came round. i talked myself back round with the help of my very calm husband to thinking look gee this is how this is me this is what i'm like what mm. i can't suddenly become somebody who keeps everything you know in tight little boxes and doesn't, yeah, there obviously has to be a tipping point, but yeah, listen, it's a, it's really it's a it's it's a good point. It gets raised a lot with clients and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, if you're say you're a fashion retailer um, and you're going to be talking about trends and stuff like that, you can't give anything more away because whatever you do is going to be great for your business. Mm. When you've got IP, intellectual property, all of that sort of stuff, um, then that's where people get a bit iffy about it, but. I've always been of the opinion, and I've seen it time and time again, the more you give away, the more you get back. So that's the law of reciprocity, and that gets a bit woo-woo. So I, that's all I'll say about it. I just know that it works, and I've seen it. I've seen the woo-woo-ness in that. Um, but I've also, I mean, I've got a client, and he, he wrote the book first before he did any content, and he basically gave away all his IP in the investment advisory, uh, investment advisory business. You could read his book and probably do the stuff. But you're never going to do it as well as what he and his team can do. Yes. And that's the big thing is that yeah, people can do stuff. You can say this is how to, this is yeah. how to make a will. Right? Yeah. This is the, the step-by-step guide to doing a will, yeah. doing your yeah. will, right? Yeah. Oh, fine. Now I know you can do it. I'm not going to do it. No. Do it for me. <laughs> exactly. But you've got my attention in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Demonstrated if you've got the chops, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But hey, can you do it? And if someone was going to do it themselves, they're probably never going to be a customer anyway. So yeah. oh, I, like I, it. I think that there's a lot in that. Um, again, I've said it time and time again, where people have actually, you know, asked, we pay for something. Mm. Um, you've given all this for free, but we want to buy it as a package. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 and consistency and all the rest of it. Joined up thinking, yes. love it. Thank you, Trevor, and I will put all the links to all your wonderful stuff with this podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Excellent, thanks, Trish. Yes. Take action. Try this one small step. Trevor mentioned two things. One was think about how open your kimono is. <laughs> I'm not suggesting your action is to wear a kimono and open it and walk down the street, but do that first step. Just open it a tiny bit. In other words, let a little bit more of you out. And then your practical action is to think, I'm going to write a blog or do a video or post a tweet even or an article on LinkedIn, whatever it is. And at the moment that I'm about to press post or publish, do I feel just a little bit? And if you don't, go back and just check. Did you let yourself out enough? Were you real enough? Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com 
forward slash make it real podcast to download those and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.